Produced by women about women, Powerful Women Let's Talk is a series of interviews with women who are trailblazers and have helped shape our world, transforming who we are and how we live. Well, this powerful woman needs no introduction. From her present advocacy on stage, sharing her life and White House memories to hometown audiences, plus wearing hats as chairs, a pretty big ship sponsor, trustee service to, of course, forever wearing the title of favorite daughter of President Gerald and Betty Ford. We share a conversation with Susan Ford Bales on this edition of Powerful Women Let's Talk. I hope that introduction never gets old, Susan. No, but would you introduce me every day to people? <laughs> <laughs> Record that. Well, um, you know, I, I have my sources, and certainly uh, it, it's all true and, and all positive, and yet uh, there's probably still more for you to do, Susan. Glad you're here. A question you have had before. Let's get into it. Earliest memories of you, of your childhood. Bring me back uh, there. They would be back in Alexandria, Virginia, I guess five, six-ish playing basketball with my brothers on the street. Um, my brothers used to take the rollers off my roller skates to make skateboards <laughs> for themselves. I mean, You're dating that, yourself. <laughs> I know, that really dates us. But it, it just being in the neighborhood and being in Alexandria, mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, for those who need a little 101, at what point did you live in the White House age-wise? You're what you... I was a senior in high school, so I was 17, And really, you know, what senior in high school really wants that kind of notoriety or attention brought to them would be the best way to put it. I wanted to be a senior in high school like every other kid in the United States. And so that put a little, it put a little crimp in my style with having Secret Service agents. Hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. But there still was a prom. There was still a prom. (laughs) And we are still the only prom to ever be held at the White House. Yes. What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I ended up getting into photojournalism because of David Kennerly, who was our White House photographer. He gave me one of his F1s and said, you need to start documenting this. And I really took to it and I really liked it. So then when I went off to college, I did some photojournalism classes and that sort of thing. And then I went to work. But I'm glad I did it that way. But if I redid it now, I would do landscape architecture. Can you do redo it now? But that's a no, whole other conversation. No, that's another conversation. Well, and we'll get to possibly the role of changing interests and, and changing careers. Um, how'd you get along with your brothers growing up? They were brothers. Yeah. They were, you know, I got used to practice wrestling holds on. And, and my parents really raised us in the era of if you pick your fight, you fight your fight. Because you're a girl, I'm not going to intervene and, you know... Don't, don't do that because she's a girl. That, was, that didn't work in our household. So I was kind of a tomboy. I was pretty mm. tough. So I, I stood up for myself and still do. Hmm. Name a trait you take from your mom. Name a trait you take from your dad. Uh, a trait from my dad would be very punctual. A trait from my mom would be one of my favorite quotes of hers is, I have an independent streak in me. And it's kind of hard to control an independent person. I'm independent. What do you tell the kids that are going to grow up in the White House in these times? You know, I am so lucky there was no 24-7 media when (laughs) I was there because I was a senior in high school and a freshman in college and into my sophomore year because I would have been in a lot of trouble. 
I think the advice I would give them is have a good time and experience as much as you can. I traveled some with my parents, but I didn't get to go on all the trips because there was this thing called college Mm -hmm. and high school. But just experience and sit back and watch and pay attention and it, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun. Tell me about your daughters. They both fit into the independent streak, kind of runs in the females in our family. They, um, they both work full time and are married and have children and give, gave me lovely, wonderful grandchildren. But they are hardworking, very socially minded girls and I think they got that from their grandmother I will never forget one of my one of the favorite stories and I think it's in Richard Norton Smith's Mm -hmm. new book that's out a daughter and I will not name a name uh came home for Thanksgiving or and we were all in Palm Springs and she was living with her fiance at the time and her uncles were giving her a hard time about doing that before she got married and my mother jumped in and just was like, excuse me, you all have no right to talk, and totally protected her and said, she can do whatever she wants to do, and it doesn't matter what you uncles have to say to her. And I was like, that's my mom. Hmm. I was very, very proud of my daughter and my mom for sticking together. Former chair of the board, Betty Ford Center for Alcohol and Drug Abuse. Can you count how many lives uh, perhaps uh, you and your mom have touched? I would say when we were just the Betty Ford Center, it was over 100,000 lives. Since the merger with Hazleton, because now it's Hazleton Betty Ford Foundation, and we have more than 14 sites throughout the United States, you know, we're probably a half a million that we've saved. Because Mm. you're not only counting the patients, but you're counting the family members. And the family members are just as important and just as sick as the patient is. Mm. Which you had to experience. I did have to experience it. I... uh, I went to family. I have been to family many times for other reasons. And I am still attend a 12-step meeting myself because good values, good information, and it's helpful. I'm going to stay on the topic of health, uh, a fact one may not know, if I may. Uh, have you had some cardiac issues in your life? Yes, I did. Yeah. 13 years ago, 2000. 10, I went into cardiac arrest, and that's not AFib, it's what they call VFib, it's called the Widowmaker. I was exercising at the gym and uh, was on a elliptical machine and collapsed. And um, luckily, a thoracic surgeon was there and shocked me back, but uh, I ignored every recommendation that you hear. I was 52 years old. I had pain in my arm, the jaw, the whole nine yards that morning. And I ignored it. And I went, oh, it's just a cold, drizzly day in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I pulled some muscles in my shoulder from bringing firewood in. And I learned a lesson (laughs) real quickly. But the good news was I had no heart damage. So I there was no heart damage. And I cleaned up my life a lot since then. What does Grand Rapids mean to you? West Michigan mean to you? You know, it's a really special place. It's like coming home, even though I never lived here, because I get to see cousins and family members. I always go to the tomb. Today at the luncheon, it was great hearing dad's voice. 
I love going to the museum to hear their voices. It just, you know, I spent my summers here as a kid um, up in Holland at the lake, and it just has a really special place in my heart. Thank you for sharing that. So a prom in the White House. A, did you have a date? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Billy Pfeiffer. So you know where you are now? I don't know. (laughs) I know he's still in Winchester, Virginia, so... How does it feel to be have named to have been named an honorary naval aviator? You know that was really an amazing and a surprise. I was I was not expecting that from then Captain Meyer, who's now a, a rear admiral. But it was also happened on my mother's birthday, and so that was it was just an amazing surprise. John and I had worked so hard on the ship getting it ready and, you know, picking out all of the emblems and how we were going to do things. And then, and having worked all those years with the shipbuilders before it joined, before it was commissioned and joined the Navy. And it was just probably one of the nicest honors that I've ever received that was, you know, my dad always said when he found out that the carrier was going to be named after him. He never expected it. He was, his name, and there were several other names in the hat for that particular Mm -hmm. carrier. And he was just blown away, especially when he died six weeks later. So I would feel the same way. It was an honor that I never expected, and it was one of the nicest surprises that I ever got. Mm -hmm. How does a young lady find her passion? Uh, Both of us perhaps wanted different careers in our, in our <laughs> early, uh, late teens. How, how does she uh, go with the flow, if that's the way to put it? Well, you know, to me, nothing needs to be written in stone. I think we all need the chance for a do-over, change our minds. I mean, did I really know at 19 what I wanted to do for the rest of my life? I thought I did, but I really didn't. It, I don't think it was until... After I had children and things like that, that I really, in my late 20s, that I really had a feeling for what I wanted to do and what brought me joy. And that's part of it. What, what brings you joy? What's still on your bucket list, Susan? Right now is travel, because I didn't travel a lot. We didn't travel a lot as a family outside of the United States. Um, one of the places in the United States is the Grand Canyon. I have not been to the Grand Canyon. Shame on me. I'm headed to Greece this mm-hmm. year. I'm headed to Egypt next year. I've never been to Italy. So I have a lot of European travel to do. Yeah, just make sure your passport's up to date. It is. For each it of is. those. Lastly, um, how can our community continue to hold the memories of, of the Ford family alive? Wow, I think this community is doing a great job of it to begin with. You know, with the museum and and all of that, and you have the tomb, and I mean, there are buildings, there are airports uh, named after him. I mean, it's so funny because when I board a plane and they they say, you're headed to Grand Rapids, and I want to go, yeah, and the Gerald R. Ford Airport. Most people don't know that. That's my dad. That's me. (laughs) It's my family. But I, I think Western Michigan really stands out and does a good job of representing him, and is always very kind and very thoughtful about both my parents. I mean, I look at what Mary Freebed and my grandmother 
you know, being involved in Mary Freebed and then my mother and all of that. I mean, there's there's just so much history here in Grand Rapids. Yeah, and are you as good a dancer as your mom? Oh, heavens no. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. No, 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 no. <laughs> you have your talent. Susan Ford-Bales, thank you for this conversation. Powerful woman, let's talk. Go get them. Thank you, Shelley. Produced by women, about women. These powerful podcasts focus on powerful women and how their strength transforms who we are and how we live. Want to hear more powerful women Let's Talk? Get additional interviews at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Powerful Women Let's Talk is produced by WGVU at the Meyer Public Broadcast Center at Grand Valley State University. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.